When I say onboarding and new hire orientation, do you think necessary evil or do you think one of your best learning opportunities for your people? You can take a guess where we lie, but we're going to talk about all this with Accenture's global head of onboarding, Katie Garrity, on this episode of the Learning Geeks podcast, which starts right now. Hey, we have just onboarded this session of the Learning Geeks. Did you say onboarding or yawnboarding? Dana has hit his dad joke quota for this podcast in the first 46 seconds. There we go. I don't know if that would be his quota. I think that's just getting started. Usually it's like four. (laughs) It's just rocking and rolling. He's a quarter away there. All right. All right. All right. So just one more then. Yeah, just one more. So how does the moon cut its hair? (laughs) How does the moon cut its hair? Eclipse it. Hi, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now I've met my quota. Katie Garrity, we're glad you're here. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Save me from these guys. (laughs) Katie and I have been working um, side by side for the last almost six years now. Pretty much everything that we've been doing has been in lockstep. That's right. Ping, talk, text. Yeah. Exactly. But now we get to welcome everybody uh, in our Learning Geeks podcast to the wonder of Katie Garrity. So we're super glad you're here. Um, We're talking about onboarding. And actually, maybe let's do this a little bit um, going off script and hopefully not causing panic is, Katie, the onboarding role for you is relatively new. Now, well, I mean, you've been doing it for a while now, but it's not like you've been doing it for years and years and years. You want to tell us a little exactly, bit of that story? Exactly, exactly yeah. a year and a half ago today, okay. I took took this role. After many, many years in global program type roles at Accenture, um, I was offered the onboarding role, and I had, for several years before this role, been caring for our managing directors, leading our MD Momentum Leadership Development Program. So when I was offered the onboarding role, I had this moment of like, oh, wait, I care about MDs. How much do I care about new joiners? And <laughs> It's kind of the opposite end of the scale, right? I it mean, is. Yes, it is. Very seasoned people as compared to very new people. It is. And I'll tell you what, it didn't take me very long to absolutely fall in love with our new joiners and want to make the new joiner experience a really great one. Yeah. So what are what have been some of the things you've been doing around that? What are some of your thoughts? Not just thoughts, but actions. Um, well, I've been researching. So, you know, there's some really great Gallup research out there that speaks to how important an exceptional onboarding experience is. In fact, they say it's when you have a, an exceptional onboarding experience, you are 2.6 times as likely to be extremely satisfied with the place where you work. And then um, what Gallup found out is that since the start of COVID and virtual onboarding, one in five employees either report their most recent onboarding was poor or that they didn't even have any. So, you know, I took this role during the middle of 
COVID and um, the team had done a a spectacular job before I was in the role of quickly pivoting to a virtual onboarding experience. But what we saw after, you know, a year and a half of doing that is that um, with virtual onboarding not going away anytime soon, it was really time to innovate in that space. And so that's really what I've been trying to do um, with the team and with you, Bob, for the last year and a half is how can we bring innovation into onboarding and truly, um, you know, make a value proposition that maybe we never go back to full onboarding in person again, or maybe if we do, it it looks a little different than it used to. And Katie, I think it might be interesting to just mention when we talk about onboarding, we're talking more than 10 or 15 people, right? Great (laughs) question. Yes. Yes. Last year, Accenture hired over 200,000 people. And so we are talking about onboarding at a scale that is almost unfathomable <laughs> when I tell people that. I know in the past when I've worked with onboarding, the, the challenges that we have, even though it's a large scale, the challenges that people who have smaller organizations face is very similar. Right? Things like, how, how do you capture the hearts and minds, which we've talked about before? Um, that doesn't, I mean, the scale is big and huge, but the problems can be the same. Absolutely. So how, how have you, how have you and Bob thought about that aspect of it, about improving um, our ability to capture hearts and minds during onboarding? I mean, I think you're, you're exactly correct, Dana, that whether you're a small company or a large company, you do want to capture the hearts and minds and you want onboarding to feel personalized and special and you want to build in a sense of belonging and connection. And so all of those things are at the heart of how we're onboarding our people now. And I think they're absolutely applicable, whether you're a company of 10 or a company of over 600,000 people like we are at Accenture. Yeah. And that's critical. That connection point is absolutely critical. Uh, it goes to the old cliche of you only have one chance to make a good first impression, right? And this is kind of where I was going at in the beginning with the cold open of saying a lot of people, I think, view onboarding and a new higher orientation program as a necessary evil. It's like, okay, we've got maybe a day, maybe a half day in some cases. Uh, it's the first few hours that somebody walk into the office uh, for their new job And all it is, is a fire hose of information. And if you think about where is your state of mind when you're starting a new job, right? You probably have a little bit of anxiety. You're wondering, did I wear the right things here to be accepted? Uh, You might be wondering, like, who am I going to have lunch with today? Because you're like the new kid at school. You, You know, did I make the right decision in joining the company? This is all of the stuff that's kind of going on and churning inside your head and inside your your heart. But then you walk into that new joiner experience and it's just PowerPoint of PowerPoint of this is how the company is organized. And this is what you have to do to, you know, fill out this form and do all of this kind of stuff. And it just it doesn't make it doesn't make that good first impression. So what we wanted to do was create an experience where we say, okay, you know, we're going to get to that information. That information is important for you to have about how the company is organized and what the org chart looks like and, 
you know, addresses for things and policies and stuff like that. But you don't necessarily need that in the first few hours. And you also don't necessarily need that in PowerPoint slides. Right. right? So like how how do you introduce joiners to a, a company in an immersive way with, that is not like a, you know, 100 slide PowerPoint deck? <laughs> <laughs> you can't see this, but Dana's pulled up his Oculus headset. Oh, we're gonna go there already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I want Katie. I want to go back before we go to that too. Um, I'd love to talk about. I think it was the one in five stat about those that have not had a good experience yeah. um, from the the pandemic. And you know what? Through that research, what are some of the causes that have resulted in that? You know that feedback as well as that just dislike for their their poor experience or their poor. Uh, their poor time and onboarding. What's behind that? I mean, I can I can make some guesses. Um, I don't have the all the research and stats behind it, but I think some guesses are that uh, COVID, right? And and a lot of organizations panicked. How are we going to onboard people virtually when that's never been a part of their culture before? Um, and a lot of organizations aren't set up like Accenture, where a lot of people are working from home already. So. You know, they had to get all that all in place. And so I think that's where you see some of that, like, I didn't get onboarded at all <laughs> um, or my onboarding was poor because, um, you know, the the technology wasn't there. Um, and so I think that's part of the stat. I also think that um, a lot of people just assume that onboarding just kind of happens naturally and don't think about durable learning principles and leadership development as part of the onboarding experience. And so um, when you start to, I, I almost think about onboarding like a first date, right? Like it's a first date in a relationship. And if it, if it doesn't go so well, you're going to be questioning that yeah. relationship. And so, um, you know, you don't want a joiner to question their decision to join your company on the first day that they're there. That's not a great experience. Swipe <laughs> left, swipe right. right. Swipe. And if you spend, you know, if you are losing them over the first eight hours, it takes a lot more than eight hours of a good experience to get them back again. Exactly. In this discussion so far, I mean, we're talking a lot about like that first day, the first couple of days, but especially, you know, that long-term impact really matters as well as part of onboarding. So as, you know, you know, Katie, for for your end and even Bob too, how have you guys thought about the longer term, not just that first day, but also like a little bit longer so they actually feel like I still belong here, not just, I mean, maybe, yes, I belong here at the first day, but I also have to sustain that, you know, as I go. Well, let me take a step back and just explain how we define onboarding at Accenture. Onboarding actually starts the moment you accept your offer, and it goes all the way through day 365. And it's really important that you continue onboarding beyond just that first welcome. Um, and the way we do that at Accenture is in three phases. We have a countdown phase where we send new joiners welcome kits, um, and we have websites that engage them and give them ongoing learning that carries them through their day one. Then we have the two-day welcome when they start at Accenture on day one and day two, where we introduce them to Accenture, we get them their technology and um, all of that. And recently we've started to introduce uh, virtual reality in that first two days. 
we have built a virtual world for new joiners called One Accenture Park. And new joiners actually create avatars and they meet in One Accenture Park. They learn about Accenture by exploring One Accenture Park where we have exhibits, um, interactive exhibits and um, they connect and, and it really feels like they're together. Um, and then we we bring them back to One Accenture Park throughout their whole first year. So um, they're meeting with their start groups on day one, and we're continuing those start group interactions throughout their whole first year, sometimes in virtual reality, sometimes in other ways. And just to pick up on a couple of things that Katie said there, um, really just one thing about connection, right? Because, you know, Katie mentioned earlier when, when COVID hit and we had to move all of our onboarding experiences to being virtual instead of being live in offices, we did make a very quick pivot with that. And, and a lot of our technology solutions that we had in place allowed us to do that. So that was good. We could keep going with it. But we discovered pretty quickly that people were not getting that sense of connection with the company or with each other. And that was something that we wanted to fix because that's absolutely crucial for us. And that's one of the main reasons why we started going down this route of building a virtual reality experience. We knew that you could step into a virtual world and have it feel like you actually were live and face-to-face -face and having interactions with people and making those connections. And that's proven out to be effective. But another thing that is almost as important that we we recently did is we, we went back to an old idea we had you know, in ancient times when I actually joined the company um, around a start group. So you know, it used to be way back in the day like I remember when I started at Accenture back in 1989, um, I was with 15 other people and we met that first day and we were like a family for especially the first several months of working there. But there are still people who are part of that start group that I'm in touch with today, right? So those connections were, were really strong and really real. We had kind of moved away from that approach, but that's something that we brought back again is that idea of, hey, you've got this small community of people that you're starting off with. They're kind of like your family within the family. And uh, it, it builds that sense of connection. So now we're connecting at multiple levels. You're connecting with one or two other people. You're connecting with the start group, but you're also feeling that connection with the whole company. And again, I think that that is really some of the most important things that any company can walk away with when they're thinking about what their onboarding experience needs to be like. It's more about pulling people into the community of the working company than it is about checking boxes on things that they quote unquote have to know. Absolutely. And ever since we've kind of built that start group connection back into the virtual experience, we're hearing from new joiners that it's their favorite thing about the experience is you know, the connections they're making with their colleagues. And, you know, we're giving them stuff to do together. We're giving them activities that actually bond them on day one. And then um, things to do like a storytelling experience where they share stories that are aligned with our Accenture's core values and um, share that with each other in a very authentic way. And, and they're loving it. And how much of that connection is done in the virtual world as compared to in other collaborative tools? like where you, you know, Zoom or Teams or whatever. Yep. Um, most of the two-day welcome that we have is done in Microsoft Teams. Teams has breakouts now, which is amazing because we can actually break the start groups out right there on the 
you know, Teams call into small groups of seven or 10. Um, and throughout that two days, they go in and out of the virtual world. So we, we don't like to keep them in there for too long because some people get dizzy um, <laughs> and it's better to be done in, you know, less than an hour each chunk. Uh, so they do go in and out of the virtual world throughout the first two days for different activities. Now, I was just going to say, what's an example of an activity, like a fun one that they may do? Well, the first activity that we have them do is um, is the secret objective of it is to make sure that they learn how to move in virtual reality. If you're not a gamer, like I'm guessing <laughs> I'm I'm the one person here right now that is not a gamer, although I know a lot of gamers. Um, but you don't always know that you need to use you know certain keys to move and things like that. So the first activity that we give them is I can to- vouch for the fact that Katie is not a gamer. <laughs> and did not know for a long time what keys to hit to move around. <laughs> Katie, you're running into the walls again. <laughs> you're falling through the sky. But she learned. She learned. I did learn. And it's really easy. And now you could just use the arrow keys, which is very helpful. Um, but back to your question, Jake, the first activity we give them is to just walk around one Accenture Park and find these little plushy teddy bears that we've hidden all over and get a selfie with a teddy bear and see how many selfies you can get with teddy bears. And then you come back to your team's call and you get bragging rights if you have the the most uh, amount of selfies with teddy bears. And that really is just to help them walk around. But then the second time we bring them in is really all about the learning. And um, that's really what's most important. So We've actually created a game. Bob has helped and, and team create a, a game um, where new joiners are given a fictitious client and they walk around one Accenture Park and they learn about how Accenture helps our clients um, by reading these different billboards of real client stories. And they've been given challenges that this fictitious client has and they have to choose the Accenture story that best, best solves the problem that the fictitious client is having. So by doing that, they're they're doing this with their start groups. So they're you know interacting and connecting, um, but they're also learning about Accenture and how we help our clients. And the stories that they read also make them very proud of Accenture and what we do here to help clients. And that is a key point because, you know, here just a couple of minutes ago, I was saying, you know, the connection and feeling good about the company is more important than the stuff that you learn. I still think that that's true, but it doesn't mean you can't have both. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you can't have both. And so, you know, instead of just throwing up a PowerPoint slide and saying, you know, here are the types of problems that we solve for our clients and this is what we do to solve them. We're able to say, hey, go out as a group, uh, work together as a team, solve solve one particular problem, and then come back and share what you learned with your team. Now we're hitting all of the learning objectives at once and we're really maximizing the time. So at this point, the virtual world is a relatively stable, although evolving environment. It did not start that way. What was the journey to get to where you are now and where it's a regular part of the the onboarding experience? Well, it's interesting. We're still new in the experience. We we launched the, the virtual reality experience in May um, and we've slowly, um, we've slowly evolved it throughout our various geographies. Uh, So it is still new, but we've learned a lot in that short period of time. And uh, one of the learnings is that 
It is not the same experience to be a facilitator on a Microsoft Teams call or a Zoom call as it is to be a facilitator in a virtual reality environment. And so that was one of our first big aha moments is we need to help enable our onboarding coordinators around the globe who facilitate these experiences become really comfortable with facilitating in VR. Um, so we created a little certification program right here within our um, within Accenture, where we bring them through a few weeks of um, short bursts of, you know, just practicing and, and um, getting feedback and, and then teaching back you know, what they've learned. And um, so our facilitators are now getting more and more comfortable with facilitating in VR. And when we see that happen, we see the um, new joiner feedback increase, actually. I think we're, we're getting a lot of attention on the virtual reality experience and not as much attention on the storytelling experience which I think is is equally rich and equally beneficial. But here's the more important angle on that is uh, what I thought was was super cool with this was instead of just saying, here's our core value and remember it and now go forth and do this, go forth and embody this value. What we're saying here is here's our core value. Now reflect because you know what? We wouldn't have hired you if you didn't already reflect those core values. So now think about a specific instance where you can say, yeah, this is where I have lived out that core value and you can own it. And being able to tell that story helps them actually feel connected to the core values, right? Because it's like, hey, these are things I already believe in and I already do. But it also gives them a story that uh, because, you know, coming down the pike in the next few days, they're going to get put on their first project team. They're going to be meeting the people that they work with. Here's a story that I can use to say, here's how I am part of the family already. And, uh, you know, we, we think that that's just a really cool thing. Absolutely. Well, and tying back to Katie's comment about uh, making durable experiences. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's a, that's a generative activity, right, where you're actually generating your own insight into how does this apply to me? And, and anytime you do that, it's going to be learning that sticks. I think just listening to your guys' story and, you know, from from my own and, you know, hearing from others as well, there's such an importance of really taking the time to listen and hear what individuals are struggling with throughout that first year, as well as the positives as well. So hearing kind of the, the both sides of the spectrum. And so that will allow you to see where they're at. So one of the exercises that, you know, um, one project that we were leading for experienced hires, we actually did a really, we did a lot of empathy interviews to truly understand where people are. And then we, we mapped that based on their kind of emotional scale over a series of time. And we actually did it over 12 months. And then we overlaid that, that, uh, that kind of called a heartbeat really Mm -hmm. over that time of the, the 12 months to see where the, the specific areas were, where people were struggling with. And we actually found a big commonality between it, like a time frame. So again, what, what that did is it, it all started from having these strong empathy interviews. And then what we were able to do with that is we crafted a story of how we can actually make those deep dives be less of deep dives, knowing that it's an, it's an onboarding experience. You're still going to go through the imposter syndrome. You're still going to have the doubts. You're still going to have other issues, but not make it so deep, those deep valleys and make it more a little more flatline than it was before. But again, it, it's the power of these empathy interviews, surveying, talking with learners, 
And then again, understanding their story so that way you can craft and design a good story for them so that way people coming in will have a good experience. What I'm hearing between that and uh, the whole you know, year-long experience, it's almost like there's onboarding and then there's re-onboarding that has to kind of take place throughout the year at certain critical points uh, in order to continue to capture the hearts and minds or yep. to keep them. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just a, it's a continuing journey and to, you know, to acknowledge that, that it's a continuing journey. And Jake, you know, I, I love that you call them empathy interviews. And I think that for a lot of organizations, that's what's missing in the onboarding experience is empathy, which I think is absolutely critical is when you're thinking through what that onboarding experience is, you need to empathize with the new joiner and you need to work to deliver what they need and what they are able to take in and what they're able to process and think of it that way, as opposed to the agendas of a lot of external forces who mm -hmm. feel like, hey, this is you know information you need to, to get in the first day. Yeah. Katie, how many calls do you get in a week from somebody like, oh, hi, I need to add this presentation to do joiner experience? A week or a day. I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like my inbox is a fortress of like, I have to, yeah. Katie's um, got a form letter set up to a, a hotkey <laughs> to respond back to this. But I will say that we, you know, we quickly, when I again started in the role and saw all of the requests for anyone who has sort of a flavor of the day that they're working on thinks that new joiners need to know it on day one, right? Um, and I... I realized quickly that we needed to put together some principles. And one of those principles for actually saying yes to content is that it absolutely must be in service of the new joiner, not in service of someone, you know, wanting to sell their program, but it has to be something that truly a new joiner either needs to know or would benefit from knowing. Yeah, it's very learner centric of yeah. you, Katie. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Hey, so I have a question. This is more for Bob and Jake. Yeah. So, so what was what was Luke's onboarding to becoming a Jedi? Boy, well, Luke's onboarding was trial by fire because uh, he never went through that Padawan experience, right? Like he, ne I don't know that he had any PowerPoints either. <laughs> well, that's for sure, right? His, his first on, his first onboarding experience would probably be with with Obi Wan Kenobi when he pulled out the lightsaber the first time and he was mesmerized and like, oh, this is a very interesting world. I want to be valued and, and be a part of it. And then he goes off and dies. And then he's off on his own. So you can imagine <laughs> that curve again, that he had a great high, great high for this first couple of days. And then, and then, you know, then so, Yoda came So around. you're kind of implying the empathy interviews that someone would have had with, with, with yes, him along with, the way. With, I can imagine Luke's empathy interview uh, and, and explaining the ma massive ups and downs and meeting Yoda and then he goes away and then he has his arm gone by Darth Vader and then Yoda dies and he's off on his own again. So he's had a great onboarding experience. And he's like, why did I join this Jedi company? And that gets us to the last <laughs> Jedi, <Exactly>. right? <laughs> why do I? So anyway, now we're going way too deep into it. But now I'm uh, really worried that Bob's getting uh, ideas for the next iteration of uh, onboarding. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I just had to bring that up because I had no, noticed we were quite a ways into the recording and no one had mentioned Star Wars, so I just wanted to do exactly. you guys a favor. Exactly. That's great. Well, hey, you know, I think um, this has been great. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. We, we are running out of time, so we need to wrap it up. But, you know, I, I think the last thing that I want to leave our listeners with, and it's back to where we started, is 
Um, I, I'm hoping that the, the principles that we're talking about here are things that you can apply if you're onboarding two people in your company in a year and not just 200,000. So there might be some differences in scale, but remembering to put the learner's needs, put the new joiner's needs first uh, is really, really the key. And that, you know, this is your, your best opportunity, your only opportunity to make a first impression. Uh, I think that's something that we can all hold on to no matter what scale we're operating at. Absolutely. So, hey, let's wrap it up. We've talked all about the beginning and now it's at the ending. So thank you, everybody. Thanks to our listeners for joining us. Katie, thank you for being here again. Jake, Dana, as always, great to talk to you. And again, for our listeners, thanks for being here. And we will see you on the next episode of the Learning Geeks podcast, which will come real soon now. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody.